Good morning, church. You're robust today. That's wonderful. Welcome, welcome, those online and those who are in our congregation. We welcome you this morning. Shall we join together with a call to worship? Even youth grow weary and grow tired and weary. But those who hope in the Lord They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not Almighty God, we place our trust in you today. Fill us with your power as we worship you so that we might be equipped to do your work. Let us worship God.
Emmanuel indeed is with us. God is with us. God is here to forgive, to heal, to renew. So let us with faith and with confidence offer our prayer of confession before God as we pray together in the words printed in your bulletin. O Lord God, as we begin to prepare our hearts to receive the one whom you are sending, forgive us for all the times we have missed seeing you in our midst, for all the times we have doubted your presence, and for all the times we have failed to help others find their way. Forgive us in the name of Jesus, the one who is coming. Amen. Friends, hear the good news. Who is in a position to condemn? Only Christ. And Christ died for us. Christ rose for us. Christ reigns in power for us. Christ prays for us. Anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old life has gone and a new life has begun. Know that you are forgiven and be at peace. May the peace of Christ be with you. Now from your seats, find a creative new way to share the peace of Christ with each other. Well, as you may have noted, we have a lovely decorated church with a lot of Christmas colors and everything else, but we are in our purple stoles, and the reason why is it's the beginning of Advent, a time of waiting, of anticipation, of expectation as we celebrate the coming of Christ and as we await Christ's second coming. So we're delighted that you are here. I want to run through a few announcements, the first of which is that our anthem today um, the words of the anthem for the Benedictus in B-flat is from the prophetic song of Zechariah. So as you look at that, know that even though that scripture is not read um, out loud later, it is certainly written and sung for us today. Angel Tree needs your help. We need about 70 more gifts for the children and solutions for change. And Angel Tree are going to be outside. There's a the group, there they are waving over there. They do not want you to miss them. Please go outside and help make Christmas special for these kids by just helping to fill the needs of those other gifts that are still out there. Alternative Christmas Market is also outside. You'll see a couple of our Mission Commission folks who are ready to help you do some Christmas shopping. Isn't that nice? They, they're right here for you. They've come where you are so that you could do your shopping and make sure that what you're giving keeps on giving. So there are many opportunities for you to give to our different mission partners, and I encourage you, if you've not yet done that, to do it again. Or if there are other people on your Christmas list, please go out and shop after the services. Today at 4 p.m., we have a village family Christmas. And if you have not signed up, just look for Holly or send her an email and come this afternoon at 4 o'clock, a fun festive, 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 oh, a festive time at 4. That works so much better. Okay, a festive time at 4. We're going to light a Christmas tree, have some, some great activities for the children and for us old folks, and we're going to eat together, which is what Presbyterians do best. So please come and fellowship at 4 o'clock. 
our Blue Christmas Service of Remembrance that is going to happen at 11 o'clock on Friday is also an invitation to any of you who would like to come. Many of us have lost people during this past year or in seasons past and our heart aches during Christmas time. Come and hear a word of hope, a word of promise, even in the midst of the time that we struggle with in this season. Breakfast in Bethlehem is the day after. We do need your reservations for that. It's where our Pastor Jack is going to retell with some very creative help the story of Bethlehem and the birth of Christ, and we want you to be there. As well as after service, you will see Robin Singer outside by one of the tables if you have not yet signed up for the women's luncheon. Almost halfway there. I'm sharing this with you because this is a month where we have many, many things to do. We want you to be engaged in it. Baroque Noel, which is a concert we, that is featuring our choir, orchestra, and soloists performing Christmas masterpieces is December the 12th at 7 p.m. Again, though there is no cost because it's in here in the sanctuary, we need for folks to register. So please do that. And then on the 19th, outside at 4 o'clock, we have coming home at Christmas, and our full choir will be there to lead us and sing for us and enjoy some fellowship. Let us not forget in this season that part of our giving is to give to the church our tithes and our offerings so that the ministry may continue. Let us finish strong this year by giving of ourselves. Amen.
And to that we do say amen. This is the time in our worship service where we present our prayers of thanksgiving and prayers of intercession to the Lord for ourselves, for the world around us, for the church's witness in every place. I'll offer a pastoral prayer on our behalf, and then I'll invite all of us to close with the words of the Lord's Prayer. Let's look to God with faith, hope, and love in prayer. Most gracious and loving God, Heavenly Father, the Word made flesh in Jesus Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit, we come to you, calling upon your holy name to abide with us as in this season of Advent in which we celebrate and remember Jesus Christ coming to dwell among us and who dwells among us full of grace and truth. We come before you, Heavenly Father, as your beloved children seeking your help, seeking your grace that is inexhaustible, seeking your love that is unending and unfailing. We present ourselves to you, O Lord, as ones who live, move, and have our being in you. Awaken us, O God. Awaken us to your joy and to your love to bring us not only through this season, but every single day of our lives. When far too often, O God, we have replaced your glory and your love with that which does not satisfy our hearts and our souls. Open up those spaces and places in our lives and in your world that we would welcome the Lord Christ, and that we would share your love to others, to a world that is so fragile, a world that is hurting, and that is in need of healing. Gracious and loving God, bring healing and wholeness in mind, body, and spirit to so many, so many who are ill during this time of a global health pandemic, we pray. We pray that your love would be endemic in each and all of us. We pray, O oh God, that as we gather in so many places with events and with family gatherings, there will be empty tables, there will be empty chairs, and empty stockings on the mantle. We pray, Heavenly Father, that by your Spirit, we ask that with your peace and love, you would comfort so many who are experiencing loss, who are grieving and mourning, loved ones now departed, and who rest with you. We pray, Heavenly Father, for a world that is reeling with violence, and we pray, O Lord, that you would cause, by your power, cessation of violence and hostility. Bring peace and reconciliation, we pray. We pray, Heavenly Father, for your churches and worshiping communities everywhere, that the gospel witness, O Lord, would flourish in word and in sacrament. Use our hands, use our lives, use our feet and our hearts, O Lord, to share the love and life of Jesus Christ to clothe the naked, to feed the hungry, to proclaim freedom to the oppressed. Father, hear our prayers. Hear our prayers for Pastor Jan, O oh God, as she proclaims your word to us, that you would use her voice, O oh Lord, to proclaim your word and that your spirit would bring it into our hearts. For all other prayers, O oh Lord, that we have prayed to you in the silence of our hearts, you know them even before we speak it. You know us inside and out, and we thank you for loving us. We thank you for being with us. We thank you for dwelling in us. We offer these prayers and we offer our lives to you, even as we pray those sacred words that Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. 
Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
It's okay to clap. <laughs> Would you please stand with me for the reading of the gospel according to Luke? And before I read, let me offer a prayer. Holy Spirit of God, come and give us ears to hear. Holy Spirit of God, let it only be your words proclaimed that quicken our heart, that change our minds, that transform our whole being. For the sake of your kingdom, Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen. In the days of King Herod of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly order of Abijah. His wife was a descendant of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. Both of them were righteous before God, living blamelessly according to all the commands and regulations of the Lord. But they had no children because Elizabeth was barren and both were getting on in years. Then there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was terrified and fear overwhelmed him. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son and you will name him John. You will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He must never drink wine or strong drink. Even before his birth, he will be filled with the Holy Spirit. Zechariah said to the angel, how will I know that this is so? For I am an old man and my wife is getting on in years. The angel replied, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. But now, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time, you will become mute, unable to speak until the day these things occur. When his time of service was ended, he went to his home. After those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and for five months she remained in seclusion. She said, this is what the Lord has done for me when he looked favorably on me and took away the disgrace I have endured among my people. Verse 39, in those days Mary set out and went with haste to Judean to a Judean town in the hill country, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leapt for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. The word of the Lord. Please be seated. Well, we're beginning a series as we march towards Christmas morning. And that is finding your place at the manger. And we're starting with Elizabeth and Zechariah. Now we're in Advent, and yes, it's true, Elizabeth and Zechariah were not actually at the manger in Nazareth, but they're such an important piece of the story 
that goes with our being able to see ourselves in that manger. Now, Advent is about, as I said earlier, about expectations, about anticipation. It is also a time of waiting, not one of my gifts. I don't know about you, but waiting is like something I, I, God gives me lots of opportunities to learn to wait. Thank you very much, Lord. The story at the beginning of this Gospel of Luke is set, it sets a whole stage to the entrance of the Messiah. Now it's important to know that there was a time of waiting and an earnest yearning that God would speak and be present for his people Israel. He had promised that one would come, that a Messiah would come, and then for 400 years. There's not a prophetic word, there's not a king, there's not a ruler who, who is from God that takes care of him. There's not a word written to give them any encouragement. They have been waiting in darkness 400 years. And then we have, in the midst of this dark wait, Roman ruled community in which they live. You have this King Herod. Now, King Herod of Judea actually practiced a Jewish faith. He was very, very smart, very prowess, very capable, very crafty, very artistic, architecturally oriented. He did a lot of really good things. In about 20 BCE, he started building the temple that would be finished about 66 years um, after Christ's birth. He never saw it finished but he had started it. He did some good things, and, and, and the Roman Empire actually let him be king because he was so capable, even in st strategic planning and all those things, he would have just excelled at all of that, but he also was a brute, and he was evil, and he was not to be trusted, and if he didn't like you based on what he thought you thought about him, you were gone. Women were not safe. Men feared for their lives. If it's not dark enough for 400 years of waiting, now you have this King Herod of Judea that has this influence on our community. Now the story begins with Zechariah and Elizabeth during this very time. They both come from priestly families. Good pedigree there. And he is a priest. He's kind of a country priest because he's not even in Jerusalem or, or where most of the other priests stayed. He's kind of up in the hill country. And there are 24,000 priests. And um, they had responsibilities, leading worship and, and um, hearing confessions and lighting candles in the room of the incense, which is the portion that I did not read to you. But it's about being um, called up, like your lot is drawn. Chances of that happening for 24,000 Levite or um, 24,000 priests is pretty rare. But he gets called for that position. And he goes in and he's going to light the candles in this holy place, not the Holy of Holies, but right next to it, and then come out with the people who are worshiping and praying outside and give them a blessing. And in the very midst of that, we know a couple things about. Zechariah and Elizabeth. They are righteous people. They obey the commandments. They do good in the eyes of the Lord. They have arrived. They are not perfect, though, 
We're going to see that soon. But these are godly people who've lived in darkness. And beyond that, they can't do the one thing that is expected and required of them, having children. And of course, in the culture and in the day, some things never change easily. It's the woman who is barren. It's a woman who can't conceive. It's a woman who has a problem because after all, her one job, her one position, her one call is to have children. And this couple have spent their life, now they're old, and old back then meant that you were probably 60 years old. It is not the new 40. I was 40 once, 60 is not it, folks. But they're well beyond that. They are beyond their years of being able to have children. They've had a lot of darkness in their life, but how are they known? They're known as people of faith, people who obey the commands, people who continue to serve and serve and serve. And so here you have this couple who's willing even in their weariness, I think, the weariness of hoping to continue to serve. Now, perhaps never of you have been in a dark place. My guess is at some point we all have. A place where we're crying out to God, do you not hear my prayers? Perhaps you have a virus, but more than that, perhaps you have an anet a genetic anomaly that is progressive, that is going to affect you year after year after year of your life. And though they're doing research, the hope, the prayer is find a new medicine, find a cure, raise me up, heal me. We don't like to use that word cancer. We call it the C word. You know, people who have had cancer and they pray, Lord God, take this away. Heal me. Make me whole. Last week, I limped, literally, through 60 miles of the three-day breast cancer walk. I was younger when I started it. I had forgotten that when I did it this time. But 13 times we've walked 12 with my friend Martha Dominguez, a member, elder, deacon of our church. One of the reasons why I walk is because my mother, at 43, had breast cancer with a 20% chance of recovery. She lived for 57 more years. Thank you very much. But boy, let me tell you, when she had cancer, it was a dark day. And it was a dark time. But when I walk, I meet survivors. And I love to tell the story that my mother survived 57 years after she had cancer. But I also like to put my arm around those who are walking because they've lost someone to cancer, despite all the hope, despite all the waiting, despite all the prayers. I think each one of us at some time are in darkness and we do cry out and we do wait and we do hope. So Zechariah is called to go into the temple to light the incense. And an angel shows up, scares him to beyond reason. He's absolutely frightened and the angel goes, don't worry, I'm sent by God. Oh, good. I feel so much safer now. The presence of God is with me. And he goes, I have good news for you. Elizabeth, 
is going to conceive and have a son, and this son named John, by the way, is going to bring joy to you, and he's going to call the people back to God. He's a forerunner of Jesus. He's beginning to bring the light in. This is great news. And Zechariah, a person of great faith, questions. <laughs> Are you sure you have the right person here? Because you know we're really old. She is like way old too. And we can't have kids anymore. And Gabriel said, you know, I'm, it's not, these are not my words. These are God's words. God is the messenger here. God is bringing his message through me. And you will conceive. But until that time, you're not talking anymore. Thank you very much, Zechariah. So he comes out and the people are waiting for the blessing. It's at the end of the lighting the incense. But he can't talk. Charades is not working. They don't understand. He goes home and turn up Elizabeth conceives. There is great joy. What was never expected happened. Now for Elizabeth, her word should speak volumes to us. The Lord has taken away the disgrace that I put upon me by the people. So oftentimes when we are suffering and in darkness, we have people who really want to be helpful and seldom does that work out really well. My sister for years and years and years had uh, tried to conceive and went through every measure of possibilities to make that happen. And on the sideline, people gave lots of advice. I'm not sure why we do that, but we do. Mark Laberton and his wife, Janet, Mark Laberton is president at Fuller Seminary, spoke a few weeks ago at chapel about Rachel. Rachel was another one who was, who was not with child. She went years and years and years without children, the shame, the embarrassment, the longing. And Mark and Janet tried and tried and tried and did everything that they could and had every unwelcomed bit of advice from everybody of how to make that happen. There is a shame, unfortunately, that can go with that. But Elizabeth says, oh Lord, oh Lord, you've taken that away from me. Now that could end the story right there and it'd just be a great story. We'll go on to Mary and Elizabeth in a moment. But let's pause and go back just for a second. How did we begin this? We began with this with King Herod of Judea, a not very, very nice man in a very, very dark time. Zechariah has been praying along with the people of God for 400 years. He's probably only prayed for 65, that's how long he's been alive, but he's been waiting as all of Israel has waited. Do you see when Gabriel said, I have good news for you, it's not just that you get to have a child, but that this child is bringing in the news that a Messiah is coming. The silence that you knew is stopping because the Holy Spirit is going to fill this child and bring the hope. It's more than just having a cute baby who will grow up to do incredible things and have a tragic death. It is about the darkness that they have been surrounded in that is being penetrated by the light of the hope of the coming Messiah. And your son gets to get people ready for it. 
Now, a section we didn't read is where Gabriel, same angel, goes to Mary, same frightening encounter with him. And Mary just wants some clarification. Help me understand how I will be able to have a child when I've not known a man. She answered the question a little bit better than Zechariah, I think. And the angel said, the Holy Spirit will do this to you. And you will conceive indeed, and you will have a child, and his name will be Jesus. And by the way, your kinsman Elizabeth, who is much older, is bearing a son right now as we speak. So Elizabeth, who's now pregnant and probably should be also like Elizabeth, a little in seclusion, takes off to the hill country to go see her cousin. It's probably a three or four day journey. And when she gets there and she enters Zechariah's house, Elizabeth hears her and what happens to Elizabeth who has lived in disgrace, who's lived in shame, who hasn't fulfilled what she's supposed to do all of a sudden, she is filled not only with the baby that she's carrying, but she's filled with the Holy Spirit. She's filled with the Holy Spirit and shouts out in joy as the baby leaps inside of her. There is great rejoicing in these two women. They're happy to be together. They are celebrating what the Lord has done. Aren't you supposed to use men for this kind of prophetic verse? Aren't you supposed to use people who are highly successful, people who did everything right, whose prayers were answered right on time, right when you wanted it? I like Elizabeth. She waited. She probably lost hope, to be honest with you. Anybody who's in their 60s, I'm not sure would ever expect or want a child, but she's excited. She is so excited, and she sees... Mary, and the story all of a sudden changes. It changes from Zach and Liz, their names are long guys, changes over to Mary. And she gives this praise. Who am I that I should see the mother of my Lord? And that word in Hebrew is Yahweh. That the mother of the God incarnate, who am I that I get to see that? And she praises with great rejoicing what God has done for her. Blessed is the last word she uses. And blessed is a word that you use for those who are in the upper class, for those who are people that have resources and means, none of which Mary had. Not really any priest would have either. But she sees that the blessing is not because Mary did everything right or because Elizabeth and Zach Ariah did everything correctly, as hard as they tried. The grace, God's grace, has given them this hope. May that grace of God continue in our lives so that we, too, will have hope. Amen. Let us respond to this word proclaimed through the affirmation of faith with the sacred words of Galatians, in one voice and one heart. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, in order to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as children. And because you are children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, so you are no longer a slave, but a child, and if a child, 
then also an heir through God. Would you please stand for the benediction? Here's my word to us today. Zechariah was a priest. Unlike the Levites who got to retire, priests never retired. So when his voice was back, he was back serving. Guess what, people of God? We're called a royal priesthood. Each one of us have that priestly call to share the good news wherever we go. Hear now the words that Zechariah could not speak when he came out of the temple, but the blessing that he give, was to give to the congregation. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Get out there and serve some folks, priests. Amen. <laughs>